This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about lead poisoning in dogs and cats. We'll be right back after these messages. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit myalphacbd.com slash dogs now. That's myalphacbd.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about lead poisoning. This is especially important after what happened in Flint, Michigan, where humans and pets were poisoned by lead. Nowadays, we veterinarians see less and less lead poisoning thanks to U.S. government regulations to remove lead from house paint in 1978. But again, with that Flint, Michigan disaster and with potential other sources of lead, I wanted to make sure you knew how to keep your dogs and cats safe. A lot of people forget about lead from other sources, which can potentially be fatal when dogs or cats get into it. Other sources of lead besides water or besides really old house paint include fishing sinkers. So if you have a fisherman in your house, you want to make sure that those lead sinkers are never ingested by a dog or cat. Another source are golf balls. If you've ever lifted a golf ball, they feel really solid because they're full of lead in the middle. Certain plumbing or construction materials, such as lead pipes, putty, often contain lead. Shotgun pellets, which are often used for hunting, may contain lead, which is one of the reasons why I'm such an advocate for getting rid of lead shotgun pellets. It also contaminates our wildlife and birds of prey, such as eagles, when they eat animals that may have been poisoned by lead. Two other sources of lead poisoning, potential batteries or even children's toys, especially if they're made in China and you don't know the exact source. When accidentally ingested, lead poisoning can cause chronic signs in dogs and cats, and it primarily affects two organs, the gastrointestinal tract and the central nervous system. So signs of not eating, vomiting, having a painful abdomen, abnormal constipation or diarrhea, Acting blind when you notice a dog or a cat head pressing. In other words, they walk into a corner and start pressing their head up against a wall. If they're walking drunk, they have tremors or even seizures. These are all potential signs of lead poisoning. Now, when I used to live in certain areas of the United States, like Boston, 
I would do a lot of blood tests for lead whenever I saw a dog or cat present for seizures. And that's because in certain areas of the United States, older housing may have paint that is from 1978 or before. So if there's any new construction going on or someone's painting, if dogs or cats eat some of the lead paint chips, they can be poisoned. Now, if you notice your dog or cat show any of these signs, you want to make sure to get to the ER vet right away. If your vet's suspicious of lead poisoning, the first thing we're going to want to do is an x-ray. And the reason why x-rays are so important is because golf balls, fishing sinkers, shotgun pellets, batteries, or even parts of children's toys will show up on x-ray. So we can always see that metal. If we do see that metal, we oftentimes have to get it out. The truest way to confirm whether or not a dog or cat has lead poisoning is a simple blood test. Anything above 0.25 parts per million is considered to be consistent with lead poisoning. Again, not a super common test we're going to do every day, but this is one of the reasons why your veterinarian may ask you questions like, is there any construction going on in your house? Do you live in a really old house? Is there any chance your dog or cat could have eaten paint chips? These are really important history questions that we need to find out or that you need to tell your veterinarian about. Whenever we see a metallic foreign body somewhere on the body, like the stomach or in the intestines, again, we may need to test for lead. A lot of times, I'll also do a blood test called a complete blood count, which is often called a CBC, because we want to look at the white and red blood cells. With lead poisoning, it can result in a chronic anemia, and we can see abnormal red blood cells called nucleated red blood cells. So if your dog or cat is acting really weak, or they were diagnosed with anemia, and they just happen to have a metallic foreign body on their x-ray, you want to ask your vet for a lead test to be on the safe side. The other reason why we do a complete blood count is because sometimes we'll see white blood cell changes called basophilic stippling, which is classic for lead poisoning. Again, as a toxicologist, I will say we rarely see lead poisoning nowadays, but you do have to be aware of it, especially if you live in an older house or if you have any potential exposure, such as lead sinkers or golf balls or shotgun pellets. Let's continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Do you have an accident-prone dog or cat? Well, if your dog or cat goes into the ER for an emergency, it's often unexpected and can be expensive. Well, here's something that can help. USO is a community-based cost-sharing health coverage plan for pets. Community is at the heart of USO, where members commit to help one another when their pets have unexpected health needs. USO isn't an insurance or a provider, but it's a platform that allows members to share expenses together safely and secretly. So what's part of USO's secret sauce? Complete transparency on where their users' money is going. USO members pay a flat subscription fee, $17 a month, plus a portion of shareable expenses. That flat subscription fee covers the use of the platform. And the monthly shareable expenses, which will never exceed $48 a month, will vary depending on how many expenses are submitted by the group that month. Save over 80% compared to traditional pet insurance by paying a flat subscription fee. For more information, go to USO.com. That's E-U-S-O-H dot com. Use promo code PETLIFE and get your first two months free at USO.com. E-U-S-O-H dot com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. 
PetLifeRadio.com. we've been talking about so far is lead poisoning in dogs and cats. And you're probably thinking this is relatively rare, which thankfully it's becoming rare and rarer due to U.S. government regulation, but you still have to be aware of it if you own a dog or cat or even young children. Whenever we see lead poisoning, we always want to make sure that the rest of the family is protected because if your dog or cat tested positive, it means you or your children could have been at risk too. Now, how exactly do we treat lead? If your dog or cat ate something like a foreign body, such as a battery, children's toys, or they actually ingested some shotgun pellets, we're oftentimes going to want to remove it out of the stomach. And the best way of doing that is by inducing vomiting if it's recent ingestion. Now, again, your veterinarian is going to want to take an x-ray first to make sure it's even present in the stomach first before we do that. Now, this is one poisoning where we do not need to give activated charcoal, and that's the black powder that normally binds to poisons. And the reason why is because activated charcoal doesn't bind or work well when it comes to heavy metals. Unfortunately, if the lead foreign body has moved out of the stomach into the intestines, we're not going to be able to get it out by inducing vomiting. So sometimes we'll actually have to do surgery to remove the source of lead poisoning. If your dog or cat is hospitalized because they're showing significant signs of lead poisoning, that may warrant additional treatment and hospitalization, sometimes overnight in the ER vet. Treatment may include IV fluids to hydrate your dog or cat, anti-vomiting medication if your dog or cat just had vomiting induced or if they present with signs of gastrointestinal problems, antacids such as milk of magnesia or aluminum hydroxide, and even anti-seizuring medication. Now, when it comes to lead poisoning, I will say heavy metals bind really well to stomach protectants such as antacids. So even the treatment with milk and magnesia can really help reduce that lead poisoning in the bloodstream because it binds the metal within the intestinal tract. Some other treatments that might be necessary for the treatment of lead poisoning in dogs and cats may include muscle relaxants if your dog or cat is having tremors, or again, anti-seizure medications like diazepam, which is Valium, phenobarbital, or Keppra. These are all drugs we veterinarians use to stop seizures acutely in the ER or at your veterinarian. The last drug that we will sometimes use is a drug called a chelator. Sounds fancy, but it's basically a chemical that's used to bind the metal from your dog or cat's body. These include drugs such as calcium EDTA or succimer. And to be quite honest, these are products your veterinarian is not typically going to carry. So you oftentimes have to be referred to a veterinary specialist or an ER vet for treatment. There are some rare risks with chelation, and it can actually make your dog or cat even sicker. So rarely... It can actually cause acute kidney injury or other problems. So you always want to consult with the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center or a veterinary specialist if your dog or cat has severe signs of lead poisoning. Now, I will say once in a while when I take routine x-rays of a dog or cat, we'll notice that they have shotgun pellets in their body. Sometimes they're from a BB, sometimes they're from a 22, but... Unfortunately, we will often see signs of animal abuse where somebody outside has shot a dog or cat. Now, 
if a dog or cat has bullets in their body, to be quite honest, we usually don't go after those pellets unless they're in the intestinal tract or the abdomen. In other words, they're often really hard to find in the muscle or the tissue. So most of the time we don't do surgery if your dog or cat has been shot or they're old bullets that are in the body. The only times we'll do that is when it's a life-threatening gunshot wound, in other words, to the chest or the abdomen. But again, that's really rare. However, I have had some dogs that come into the emergency room because they actually ate a shotgun pellet. And so when that happens, we do have to get that out. And the reason why is if lead is in the intestinal tract or the stomach, it's really acidic in the stomach. And that makes lead absorbed in the body. Now, if a dog or cat gets shot in the muscle, there's no acid in the tissue. And so honestly, the likelihood of lead poisoning is really, really low if your dog or cat was shot. But the bigger danger is if your dog or cat eats a shotgun pellet. So just be aware. Remember, children can also be poisoned by lead. So the safest thing you can do is to get rid of anything that contains lead in your house. If you are painting or you're doing construction and you know there's old paint in the environment, you want to make sure that it's scraped appropriately and removed. And even the dust particles can result in lead exposure to you. So you always want to be really safe and notify your veterinarian if you are doing construction and you're worried your dog or cat are at risk. You also want to make sure to pet proof any kind of shotgun pellets, golf balls, fishing sinkers, batteries, or children's toys that could contain lead parts. Remember, certain plumbing or construction material can also contain lead. So again, even though it's relatively rare to see lead poisoning nowadays, I still see it as a toxicologist in the ER vet. Keep your pets safe, keep your children safe, and when in doubt, call your veterinarian, your ER vet, or the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center for life-saving advice if you're worried your dog or cat was exposed to lead. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me any of your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we'd like to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making the show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.